0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly. Written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold.
1: Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum, Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. Today's episode is with my friend, Mandy Moss. I don't have a lot to say except Mandy loves Jesus and she spends her life pouring out his love to others. Listen to her share how God gave her the vision for Brave Girls Gather.
0: And so at that leadership conference in 2015, at the very end, they said, we want to give you some time to kind of think about what you've experienced these past few days. And we want you to just talk to God and ask him what he wants you to take away. Like, what is your action leaving here? And I sat there and I sat quiet before the Lord and I had a pen and my little notebook in my, in my hands, and I wrote down, refuse to leave the next generation behind. After
1: listening to today's episode, I hope you feel empowered to invest in the next generation. Hey, Mandy, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. It's so great to have you on the show. Will you take a few moments and introduce yourself, introduce us to your family
0: and to Brave Girls Gather? Yes. Hi, Amber. It's good to be here. Uh, My name is Mandy Moss, and I am an IF Local leader for the state of Florida. I am a wife, and my husband and I together have five children ranging from age 7 to 22. And I am also the founder and visionary for Brave Girls Gather, We exist to empower the next generation to bravely live out the wonder of their purpose. And we do that by equipping women with the tools to connect and invest in the next generation. Well, and you've done an amazing
1: job with that. And I know leading up to Brave Girls Gather, there is a very long story and an incredible faith journey. And so will you take a few minutes to just tell us a little bit about your faith journey, how you came to this place, um, and how really
0: Jesus captured your heart? Oh my goodness. That is such a story. And I feel like I could talk about that for a really long time. I'm going to try to just give you the cliff notes version. Jesus captured my heart in the middle of the night in my late twenties on my bathroom floor. That's where I had a coming to Jesus moment in my life. And and prior to that, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and and it was just always that thing that was, it was my parents. It it wasn't really my thing. It was their thing. And I just kind of looked at it and I had these moments where I would experience Jesus, but not any real moments where I said, I'm truly going to follow Jesus. And um, at about the age of 14, I had this circumstance. We'll just call it a circumstance that happened. And it was one of those, I, I almost don't even want to call it faith shattering circumstances because I didn't have that strong faith. But it definitely made me question everything about life. It, it made me question you know, what is real? What's not? It's it's almost like if you've been living in the same house your whole life and you always walk down the same hallway and you just know you don't even think about, you know, is the floor going to hold me? Because the floor, you just know that the floor holds you. That's what it does. And then all of a sudden it was just like the floor came out from underneath me and then nothing could be classified in my mind as real anymore. And from there, I began to spin out of control as a teen. But I, I really did a great job of making sure that everything looked perfect on the outside. But on the inside, I was just, I was falling apart and I was making horrible decisions in my life. It was like anything that was said that was a good decision. I now wanted to try the bad decision just to kind of see maybe that's going to be the way to go. So when I left home, when I graduated high school and left home, I left my faith at home. I used to say that I left Jesus at home, but he kind of corrected me in that because he never left. He he was always there. So it took me about a decade of doing it my own way. I said, you know what, I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to try Mandy's way of living. And it it took about 10 years of doing that to finally hit a wall. And so I found myself in the bathroom floor in the middle of the night and I cried out to God. And it was like, I mean, it was like he had been there the whole time and he'd been waiting, it's like he knew for 10 years, you're going to have this moment on your bathroom floor and I'm going to show up and you're going to ask me, you know, I think about the story of the woman at the well and how she walked away and she said, he told me everything I ever did. That's what I felt like on that bathroom floor that night. I felt like a movie screen popped up in front of me and the last 10 years, like the highlight reel just went out in front of me and I saw everything that I had done to end up where I was. But I never saw it when I was living it. In the middle of living it, I didn't see it. But then I asked God and he showed me and I had revelation that night. What led me to the bathroom floor was I was engaged to get married. Our wedding was in two weeks and my husband caught off the wedding. And I felt like Jesus showed up on that bathroom floor and proposed to me. And I said, yes.
1: Wow. So that happened when you were 22? No, I was late 20s. That was like 28. Were you already in South Tampa at that point? I was. Is that what led you into Celebrate Recovery? Because I know to our listeners who maybe don't know what Celebrate Recovery is, it is a pretty well-known ministry. I mean, you can probably explain that a whole lot more than I can, but you've had great involvement in that ministry and in IF Gathering. So if you'll take us through that process, and how did you get involved with those two ministries?
0: Well, after making that decision to follow Jesus, God was continued to be very patient with me. Uh, He began to reconcile things to me that I did not deserve. And one of those things was my soon-to-be marriage. And so my husband and I got married, but a year into the marriage, we discovered that we did not know how to be married. We were two very, 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 very broken people. And we just had a lot of pain, a lot of hurt in our life. And and we say that it kind of came together like, gasoline and fire i mean we could cause some explosions it was a year into our marriage where we decided that we had to separate that there was no other answer that it was it was volatile it was not going well so we separated okay during- hold on let me interrupt you and make sure this is paul who you were engaged to
1: and they yes. ca- you called off the wedding yes and then you reconciled got married and a year later you're exploding okay, yes continue
0: exploding and, and, not the good ways. And so we separate and I find myself, so I'm following Jesus. Right. And I'm like, God, you're supposed to fix all this. This is supposed to get better. That's what you said. You're making me new. And so I was sitting in church and I had one of the little brochures or the bulletin, they call it. And in the bulletin, there was this verse and it was second um, Corinthians 12, nine and 10. And it's where Paul says, your grace is sufficient for me. My weakness is made perfect in your power. And I was reading that verse and reading that verse. And I said, I don't know what that means. I don't feel like I'm sufficient. I feel like my weakness is weak. And I want to know how to access the power of God because that's what I believe you, Jesus. And this is what you say. And it was that verse was under the title for an ad for celebrate recovery. It was their verse. And oh, I wow. said, if I can find out what that means there, I'm going there. I also, at the recommendation of my counselor at that time, was told, Go, go there. And coolest thing ever is my husband and I, we separated and weren't talking because we didn't know how to talk. Whenever we talked, there would be another explosion. So we were not even talking, but we discovered that he had went to celebrate recovery the week before I did. And I would have bet my bottom dollar that he would never do that. And so God used that ministry to help us walk through our very broken pasts, our hurts, things that, you know, unforgiveness, our own stuff, our own junk, our own struggles. We began to work through that and we began to figure out this is how we do this thing. And so that is how. I got involved in Celebrate Recovery.
1: And then that ministry, I mean, you eventually ended up becoming the director of Celebrate
0: Recovery at our church, is that correct? Well, I actually became the assistant to the director. Okay. Uh, yes. Eventually, I was in that ministry for eight years. It just takes me a long time to get things. People ask What is Celebrate Recovery? And, and to me, Celebrate Recovery is discipleship. How do you break free from struggle, addiction, unforgiveness? How do you break free? How do you live in the freedom of Christ? Well, it's really cool. It actually is discipleship. And that's why Jesus said, be a disciple who goes and makes disciples because it works. And so you have these eight principles and these 12 steps. And basically what these principles and steps do is is show you what it means to follow Jesus. So I had to do that over and over and over and over again. And then I just stayed there so long. Eventually I said, hey, Mandy, we need some help with this. Would you be willing to come on staff and help? And so, yes, eventually I came on staff and helped.
1: I love the description that you give us of Celebrate Recovery, because I think sometimes people who just hear the word only think of certain type of addictions. And the reality is it's hurts, it's habits, it's hangups, it's addictions, it's all types of things. It does not just apply to someone who may be an alcoholic or maybe a drug addict. It is, And I know so many people who've been through the ministry and the recovery process, and it has been phenomenal. All of that that you learned, and then along comes If Gathering. And you were a part of If Gathering from, I mean, if not the beginning, very close to the beginning. So speak to how those two kind of m- married together almost, and lead yeah. us on into Brave Girls Gather.
0: After being in Celebrate Recovery for eight years, being on staff in the church, our church was going through a very broken situation, and the the pastor of the church at the time invited me to talk with him, and he said, you know what, there's just women at our church that aren't connecting. There's women who are very involved in Bible study. I was one of those women, too. There's women who are very involved in Celebrate Recovery, but really there's this big sea of women in the middle, and they're not connecting with our church. And he said, I feel like you are someone who can help us understand, who can help us bridge the gap between those two and figure out what is it? What are other churches doing? Just go and explore and just see what other churches are doing. And, and would you just come back with what you find? And so long story short, I had my own ideas of what I thought that might look like. And God just said, you know, what, stop, Mandy, you need to listen. So I stopped and I, I prayed and I fasted and I sought the Lord in it. And over that time of prayer and fasting, there were three different women who came to me about this thing called if they sought me out. Well, one of them sought me out and the other two just God put me in their path that wanted to share with me about if. And so I had no idea what if was at the time I had heard, like, you know how you think I saw something about that on Facebook or whatever, but I had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. So I ended up, pulling up the website and they had just done the if pray thing this was in 2015 by the way If started in 2014 and I put up the website and had the if pray they just done the if pray and they would recorded it and so I watched that and it was one evening I dropped my one of my older sons off somewhere I was by myself and I find myself in my church parking lot because as I mentioned our church was going through something very broken in the back seat of my car praying for our church at the end of it I was like I don't know what just happened to me But I just encountered the spirit of God in a crazy way. And I don't know what this if thing, but it is, but God is on it. And I just began to discover it more and seek it out and try to understand it. And then I just knew that this is what God was calling us to do at our church. And so we presented hosting an if local at our church, me and another girl on staff who knew all about if and was so excited that I had been awakened to what if was. And we ended up doing that. We ended up doing an if local. There are so many people still listening that have no idea what if is. I come in
1: contact with people all the time in North Carolina just last year. What is this if thing? What is if, Mandy?
0: Tell us what if is. (laughs) I'll tell you this. What drew me to if is community authentic and transparent relationships in celebrate recovery. I learned the power of that. I learned the power of being real and honest about where I struggle, taking the mask off. I don't have it together. I mean, this is the truth. This is, this is who I am. And there's so much freedom in that. And so for the first time I found women outside of celebrate recovery who were truly like, like not just one or two, but a group of women who were committed to that and who wanted to be that way. And then I saw them wanting discipleship, wanting to understand what it truly means to follow Jesus. And it was something that had brought me so much freedom. And it's something that I wanted to give away. And so it became this place where I could give away these things that God had been teaching me. But I would say that if is discipleship, it's arm in arm walking with other women and doing the things that Jesus asked us to do.
1: Yeah, and for those listening, IF was started by Jenny Allen, and the name kind of came from if God is real, what are yes. we going to do about it? What do we do to follow him and love him and serve him as a community? Something that I have grown to love about IF is it's national, but then it breaks down to a local level, and they disperse those resources, you know, free of charge. Yes, they ask for donations. Because, I mean, you have to have some money to make things work, but it has been a very organic ministry. And so after you had that, hosted that first IF gathering, were there little locals that started? Because I know that you have put on IF Tampa for four years now, and it, I mean, I hear people talk about it to me that you don't even know about, and the power of the breakout sessions that you've had during IF gatherings. So talk to us a little bit about how you've continued that ministry from year to year.
0: Well, it was a month later, or a little over a month later, they were hosting the First If Lead, which is a leadership conference in Orlando. I'm in Tampa, so I felt, you know, God just put it there for me. But they were hosting this leader gathering, and I thought, I don't know if I can go to that, but if God wants me to go, I'll go. So I'm and fast about it, and I got an email from one of the older, wiser women who had come to our If local at our church, and said did you hear about this? If you want to go, I will send you. I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do to help you get there. And I was like, all right, God, I guess we're going. That's awesome. And so, yeah, it was awesome. It was really good. I love it when he makes it clear and he, and he lets you know, this isn't you, it's me. So I went, there were a few other women who came from Tampa, but we all met there. There was actually seven other, there was me and seven other women who connected there and all of us had If Tampa on our heart. We believed in a citywide gathering. And so that's where If Tampa came. So in 2016, we hosted the very first live If Tampa uh, here in Tampa. And we've been doing it every year since. And then was it last year that Brave Girls Gather launched? We actually launched in 2016, but we officially became a registered nonprofit in September of 2017. Okay, so you are an If- Gathering leader, and if local leader,
1: and God has really burdened your heart for the next generation. Yes. What led you to that place? Because I know you've had teenagers who have already been through high school. And I think that God really began burning your heart during that time. So talk to us about that.
0: Yes. So when I was at Celebrate Recovery, I went to a leadership summit in California, and they had a breakout session called The Landing, and it was about bringing student recovery to your church. And myself and another gentleman from our church who had went, both of us felt led to go there. And I will say that one of the reasons why I felt so much led to go there was watching brokenness through the eyes, through the lens of my oldest son and seeing how he needed things. He, he needed tools. He needed help. And so we knew, me and that other gentleman, we knew God is asking us to bring this to back to our church. So we did that. We obeyed and we brought the student recovery ministry back to our church and we launched it there. And so a few years into that um, was when I connected with IF Gathering. And so at that leadership conference in 2015, at the very end, they said, we want to give you some time to kind of think about what you've experienced these past few days. And we want you to just talk to God and ask him what he wants you to take away? Like, what is your action leaving here? And I sat there and I sat quiet before the Lord and I had a pen and my little notebook in my, in my hands. And I wrote down, refuse to leave the next generation behind. And I was like, Whoa, where, where did that come from? Because I've been sitting with women, right? God's been having me minister to women. Like, what is this? Like the landing was just the the student recovery was like this thing that I did for that time, right, God and God's like, no, like you're. I want you to be a voice saying this next generation needs this. That what we're experiencing here in this room, the next generation needs it. And so I prayed on that. I sat on that. My life was. I had two young children. I was just look. I would look at those words and I, I refuse to leave the next generation behind. And then I, I wrote out Brave Girls and. I had no idea what to do with it for a year. I had no idea what to do with it, and then in two thousand,
1: I'm not leaving the next generation behind. I'm homeschooling these two little people. That's right, at home to try to help them love Jesus. So I'm obeying God.
0: That's right, I, and they are they're they're super important too, and we're carrying them along too, right? So it's like, what else do you want me to right, do? Right, right. God gave me the words, "Do what you can." That's all I want you to do is do what you can, and it became. So perfect of God to say that because that's what Brave Girls Gather is. It's do what you can. It's invite the girls in your life because they're all there. They're within arm's reach of you. Mm -hmm. Invite them in. And so I, I had a friend who was part of our small group that my husband and I host here at our house, a real close friend of mine, who's just awesome with young people. And I said, hey, you know, I have this idea that we just invite some girls over and we have a brave conversation. We talk about hard things and we do like a little crafty takeaway at the end so they can remember the conversation. She she said, I'm in, let's do it. And so we did it and we invited them over and they showed up. That was the most important part. We were thrilled about that. And so we had, we had this brave conversation and we saw girls get real and honest. And and at the end, I knew we had experienced something holy, that it was that God was saying yes and amen. Hmm. And so I shared it on social media and women responded and said, well, what did you do? What questions did you use? How how did you do this? And so I have a blog and, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm a blogger. I don't sit around and write all the time, but I just had a blog for when I had thoughts, just throw it up on the blog. And so I said, well, I'll just put what we did on the blog. And then if anyone wants to do it, they can do it. And so I put it up on the blog and women did it. And so then I felt God said, just keep doing this and keep sharing it, keep doing this and keep sharing it. And that's how it started.
1: Isn't that how God works? Just one step, take the step and then I'll tell you how to move forward. Take the next step and then I'll tell you how to move forward. And we're always, we're so often waiting for like the big moment when he's just asking us to take the next step of obedience. Amen. So what does Brave Girls
0: Gather look like now? I think that you've either written curriculum. Tell me about it. So we do two things with Brave Girls Gather that we focus on, and it's meeting with girls once a month inviting girls into your life once a month and inviting them to the other places that you are doing things to, but specific to brave girls gather is one month. You're having a brave conversation and a, and a takeaway that they take with them. So they're getting crafty. They're using their hands. They're taking something with them that they can remember. Um, so that that's brave girls gather. You keep it small, We encourage you not to have any more than seven people in the room. Now, if eight show up, that's okay. You don't kick anybody out. Um, But small is good because if it gets too big, girls won't be honest. There's something about that small group of girls. And so we encourage you to keep it small, invite girls over, pick a day and invite. That's just the first step. Pick pick a day and invite girls over. And then you put some conversation cards, you just print them up off our website. You put the conversations card, cards in the middle of the table. Uh, We talk here in our living room. So, you know, in the middle of the Ottoman and you give them a chance to to read through the questions and pick up a card and and be brave. We say, who's going to be brave first? Who's going to answer the first question? And so someone will be brave and they answer the question and then they ask everyone else. To be brave and answer the question too. And so we just go around asking, answering questions and asking questions and talking and sharing. And we encourage you to have a co leader because God sent us out, Jesus sent us out two by two. And so have that other woman in the room who can connect when you're not connecting and who can model sisterhood. And then we do a little takeaway that they take with them. You know, something that, so what we're doing for January is we're doing vision boards and we're keeping it super simple, little small vision boards. We give you all the supplies. We give you the instructions for how to make it. You can just use our instructions as a guide. You know, if you're crafty and you want to do something more extravagant than what we did, do it. If you want to do something more simple, do something more simple, but have a takeaway. So they, when they get home, they see that thing and they remember because we forget so easily. And so that's Brave Girls Gather. And then every other month you do Brave Girls Share, which is a deep dive into the conversation topic from the month before. So in November we did a takeaway called Living Stones and it's about identity in Christ, who are we in Christ? And we our takeaway was a was a stone necklace, a natural stone necklace. And so in December we did a deep dive topic into who are we in Christ. So it's more of a discipleship tool where brave girls gather, it's not a Bible lesson. We're not teaching, we're just talking and sharing. Brave girls share is where we're actually diving in, digging deeper, and really talking about what does God say about this and discipling girls. Do you have a story from one of the girls
1: um, or just from one of your groups that you'd be willing to share?
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, my my, my biggest thing uh, is confidentiality, right? That they know that what they share is not going anywhere. Right. With that in mind, I will try to share from a place of just really being general, clear, general, and generalities. So I'll just talk about the living stones and talking about I did actually before that we did our Father right. Our topic was our Father, and we talked about who is God, who is God as Father, and so we saw so many girls in our group just talk about pain from biological parents, particularly biological fathers. It's it's something that we share. And so one of the girls in our group had this encounter with God that I was able to witness several years ago about this very issue um, where she was being quiet with God and letting him speak to her about that. And she got this vision of Jesus coming, walking with her, walking beside her down a road and saying that he was her father. And so she, she was able to share that in our Brave Girl group at that time. And so I think that What I'm seeing is these topics are resonating with girls. You know, at our last Brave Girls Gather group, one of the girls said, "Um, I feel like I just had group therapy session. It's an opportunity. They, They don't have these spaces where they can be honest and real. They feel like, and like we do sometimes, like we have to put on a mask and just tell you, adult, what you want to hear, adult. Because if I tell you what you want to hear, adult, you're going to praise me and tell me I'm great. And so this is a chance for us to what I'm seeing is to provide this space for them to be real and honest and cheer them on when they're real and honest.
1: Well, and something that I've heard consistently, Mandy, during interviews that I've done is the same thing you said at the beginning. It was my parents' faith, but I never really owned it. I never yeah. really had that personal experience when I was a teenager. I mean, you're like the fifth or sixth person who has said that to me in the last four weeks. And so Brave Girls Gather provides them, I don't want to say that experience, but the opportunity to say, is this something I believe Yeah. to be true about God? Or is this something I am allowing what people are preaching Sunday morning or what my parents are living or what my friends are living to determine who I am? And I think that's incredible. It's like you said, it's the discipleship piece that so often is missing in just a general youth group.
0: From 2015, when God gave me those words, during that time where I wasn't able to really do anything, God was educating me. There were several circumstances where someone just said, where something was sitting in front of me and it was a piece of information that I needed to understand about the next generation. It was a book one time, it was a report another time. And so God began educating me. And what he showed me is that we have gotten away from, we say that the next generation is important. We say that they're the church now, but when we examine the way that we respond to that belief, do our actions really convey that we believe that? And so God began to show me that, Um, That We needed to change that. It's not just the student ministry's responsibility. Brave Girls Gather does not replace student ministry. Brave Girls Gather unbenches it. Like It takes women who are not currently investing and it gets them off the bench and into the lives of the next generations that that. the whole church is pouring in. And so that the youth group, the student ministry doesn't feel alone. They're like, oh my goodness, the whole church is around us and this woman's investing in that girl and that woman's investing in that girl. And we feel like we can do this because the church is with us.
1: Yes, which is so important because I know even at our church here in Raleigh, it's been a hard thing to get people to lead small groups for young teenagers. And I think something like Brave Girls Gather just equips you. And also, it's not so set in stone that you feel this added pressure. It's like, come over, hang out. And we're going to slowly get to those places where we're talking more about God and his word and who he is. What's going on in more brave girls gather in 2019? What are some things that you feel are on the horizon?
0: Do you do a word of the year?
1: I mean, I don't every year, but I will say I've had two years. And then this year that I feel like the Lord has really put a word on my heart, um, if that answers okay. your question.
0: Okay, yes, yes, yes. So I started doing a word of the year three years ago. My word of the year is stay this mm. year. And I feel that that, is, that very much goes with Brave Girls Gather uh, because God is asking me to stay with him, to not mm. run ahead of him and to not lag behind him. And so that is my focus for Brave Girls Gather is to walk in the rhythm of grace this year, to really get who we are, to not just go start doing everything, but to just focus in on the simple things that he is asking us to do, which is brave girls gather and brave girls share and being a rally cry to the church, to see the next generation, to know them and invest in them. You know, one of my closest friends, she doesn't feel she's at a place to host a brave girls gather group, but our group is doing a hundred days to brave by Annie Downs. And she said, I can do that. So she got some books, and she's getting her son's girlfriend and her daughter, and they're doing 100 Days to Brave. So we're really just, you know, a rally cry to the church. Do what you can, but see them, know them, and invest in them. Absolutely.
1: And invite them to your IF Gathering. That's right. That's right. Um, so tell me, where can we find
0: Brave Girls Gather? Where can we find Mandy on the web? Okay, we well can go to bravegirlsgather.com. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at at Mandy Moss. You can find Brave Girls on Instagram. Our Brave Girls Instagram is more focused towards girls it's more focused towards the next generation if you want to get involved in brave girls gather join our brave girls gather group on facebook that's for women who are wanting to know what these tools are how do they use them who what just want to be in a group where they're encouraged to do this
1: well as our show is coming to an end i usually ask our guests a few questions tell me what is an area of your life i mean we always have to cling to god's grace but i think sometimes we have really specific times in our life where you really can't even wake up the next day without clinging to His grace. Is there a time in your life when you can
0: share that that was true of you? Yes, there are several areas, including <laughs> ministry, including If Gathering, including Brave Girls Gather. Um, but really, truly, the, the work of God that has sanctified me and continues to sanctify me daily, even this morning on the way to school, is being a mom. Uh, you know, I have Two younger children who are close in age, I, I would not recommend that unless God <laughs> has told you to do that. Um, you can probably understand what I'm talking about, Amber. Um, just those younger years, oh my goodness, they almost took me out. They were almost my complete... And utter undoing because I was a career woman. You know, I, I had a career, I had accolades and I got certificates for doing a good job. And now I'm here, I'm at home with these kids and they cry and they need things and they want my attention and I don't get anything for it except, you know, you get hugs and snuggles and, and love. But sometimes but you, you also
1: just, get kicks and screams and scratches, right?
0: <laughs> you do. You literally, and you get bit and you get, and you just don't know what to do with it. And so, that along with mothering my oldest son, I had him very young. And, um, you know, that was something that God ha- has really, I say, I found my knees with him. I learned how mm. to pray with him because I had nothing. I had no other way to get, I had no idea what else to do. And all I could do was lay on my face and cry out to him. That's probably my number one. Like if we were on family feud, that's my number one answer. Number. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me if, if you had the opportunity to sit down
1: with your great-grandchildren,
0: Aww. and I
1: know, and impart
0: wisdom to them, what is something you would want them to know? I would want them to know, like with every fiber of their being, Jesus and nothing else. Um, I, I follow The Bible Project. I love them. Oh, They're it's on YouTube. That's amazing. Are it's they amazing. So Amazing amazing. And so I follow them. And when I'm going to read a book of the Bible, I'll watch their video. And so I watched their video on the book of Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes, you probably know, they just say over and over again that everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And in the Bible project, they use the word hevel. Everything is hevel. And so everything of this world is hevel. It is meaningless in comparison to the kingdom of heaven and in comparison to what God has in store for us. It's all hevel. That's what I would want them to know and to get. Well, thank you, Mandy,
1: so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome to have this conversation with you. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources at graceenoughpodcast.com. Be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play and subscribe. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. If you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag GraceEnoughPodcast or tag me at GraceEnoughPodcast underscore Amber on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough
0: Podcast. Tune in next time.